And that's when I said, get off my penis. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're back. We're back. Were we back? We're back. We're back. Oh, my God. The mic was on. Didn't see you there. The power's going out, and the thing that's supposed to keep us on the air whenever we go off the air. Well, apparently that battery's dead. It happens. Jason Mack, you're going to be joining us in 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show if we are able to stay on the air. If not, then nobody will be there. And I will go home early. And my wife won't leave me. And things will be great. Ed tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Should someone call 911? Yeah. Why don't you do that for us, Ed? In fact, Ed, why don't you give us a call right now at the number that I read previously that I'm not allowed to read again. And we can talk this out. Because while you need the therapeutic help, I do too. What are you eating over there? You got food. Yep. Jelly beans. Where'd you get jelly beans? I got my ways. So are you telling me what? that while we're off the air, mm-hmm. while the ship is sinking, you, the captain, the program director, you, you go in and you eat candy. Look, I needed to keep my strength up because I knew it was going to be a rough night. And uh, look, we all cope with a disaster in different ways, and this is how I cope. That's fair. But good news is... We're now back on the air. We Attention, are. everybody. We are now back on the air. That was our plan. We were going to hop on top of the roof, and I was going to scream into a microphone. More people probably would have heard me that way. <laughs> hey, all this hand-wringing about the Penguins playoff foes. Oh, unwarranted to me. Just a little bit. Penguins are 10-4-1 against playoff teams from the Metropolitan Division. Penguins are 3-6 and six against teams from the Atlantic side of the bracket. Small sample size, sure, but you want to see the Penguins stay in the Metro. They're 2-2 two and two against Washington. They're 4-0 against Philadelphia. They're 1-2-1 and one against New Jersey, although it would... I think feel more New Jersey like if they were one three and one against them, but three and zero against Columbus. The Penguins have had problems with attention to detail this year. Something that makes a lot of sense for a team that knows what meaningful hockey looks like. But if there was any time that the Penguins were going to ratchet up their play, Brian's going out to get more jelly beans. It would be against the division. The Penguins have done that. They're seventeen eight and two against the teams that they need to play well against. I said it. Earlier on in the year, way back in October, when the Penguins weren't playing well and repeated it again in November and December, that the Penguins need to show me that they can ratchet it up for games that I would consider statement games. Those are games against the division, games against rivals. You want to see them play well against the Predators the first time they played them. They did that. It was a long time ago. But the Penguins know how to ramp it up when they absolutely need to ramp it up. If the Penguins turn it on against division foes and in statement games in the regular season, why shouldn't we assume that they'll do the same thing against them in the postseason? Pens have had problems with New Jersey this year. That's something we all know. They played much better against them the last two times they've played them, winning the last one. Either Columbus or Philly is probably the most likely matchup in the first round, and the Penguins haven't lost a game to either squad. Stupid microphone. The Penguins match up really well against Columbus down the middle. They'll come with Crosby and Malkin and Broussard and Dubinsky. What did I just do there? I mixed the two. 
The Penguins will come with Crosby, Malkin, Broussard, and Shane. The Jackets will counter with Dubois, Wenberg, Letestu, and Dubinsky. That is disgusting. That is awful. That is not fair. That is abuse. The Jackets are a good defensive club. They're a bitch of a four-checking team. But the Penguins have a significant advantage at the most important skater position in hockey. Not to mention, Bobrovsky, he's peed down his leg against the Penguins in the playoffs. Pens match up really well against the Flyers because Philly tries to play a track meet style, and the Penguins are just better at it. Pittsburgh scored five goals four times against Philly. As for Washington, come on. Come on. Sure, they're good. But two years ago, they had 120 points, and the Penguins beat them in the playoffs. Last year, the Capitals thoroughly outplayed the Penguins, and yet the Penguins won the series. Why should things be different this year? The Penguins are familiar with Metro teams. They've played well against them. Finishing strong and staying in this half of the bracket is an absolute must for Pittsburgh. If they do that, I feel fairly confident that they can get back to the conference final. And by the looks of it, everything Evgeny Malkin's saying, they do too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We all back on track? You good? Uh, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. We're we're running at about, um, I don't know, maybe 60% right now. A lot of things not working. Tom's doing a good job, though. Is he? Yeah, he very much is, man. Very proud of Tom. Right Damn it. I was going to attack him, man. Don't attack him at this point. We'll save that for other, other times in the show, but right now is a time where we... Uh, no need to give Tom a little pat on the head, you know, bless his heart type thing. Does Tom have the ability to use the phone? Um, it's a good question. I mean, hey, I don't know. It's the Crowley Show. Let's try it. Yeah, good point by you. Let me give it a try here. Not hearing anything. No, I think that's because Tom's a really good producer and he has the phone potted down. Hey, Tom, can you do me a favor here? Can you pot the phone line up just for half a second? Oh, nailed it. Good job. So we'll have Jason Mackey coming up in 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Poor Tom. He's in there talking to Jeff, the engineer. Yeah, I, I mean, let's Man. let's just pull the curtain all the way back. All hell broke loose in this building. And while we look like what uh, our own Harry Carey would describe as uh, ducks above the water, yeah. underneath, all hell is breaking loose. Feet are flurring all over the place. We're going nuts here, yeah. We, we took a big hit, man. Not good. It's a big hit. My friend's here. Is the only time he's seen the show, and you didn't have power for half of it. That's I, okay. What that might be something to that, actually. Bad luck, Dan. Yeah. Stop viewing your teams through the microscope. All year long, the Steelers were viewed as this inferior team to the Patriots, this bad football team, can't tackle, can't play defense, has all kinds of problems, and you were right. But all the while I was telling you that the New England Patriots had just as many problems as Pittsburgh. They got further than them, sure. But all the same problems that the Steelers had, the Patriots wound up seeing in the Super Bowl. They all reared their ugly head. What happens is... As a media market, as a fan base, just people in general, you focus on what's going on in your life. You focus with what's going on on your team, your favorite squad, whatever their problems are. You think that they can't be fixed, and you think that everybody else is perfect. You compare everyone to Jesus. 
The New England Patriots don't make mistakes. They don't fumble the football. They don't do this. They don't do that. They actually do all the things that the Steelers do. You just don't know because there's this mythical nature about them. And we focus on the micro, and we don't look at the macro. That's what's happening right now with Penguins fans. Well, the Penguins are playing terribly away from the puck. They don't have a shot. The goaltending's been awful. This, that, the other. And, yeah, goaltending's been bad. Yeah, they're playing terribly away from the puck. But the goaltending's also been good the last two years. Matt Murray's got a 924 lifetime save percentage in the playoffs. Away from the puck, we've seen Malkin and Kessel not give two bleeps about it lately, but early in the season, Phil Kessel looked better than he ever had away from the puck. Evgeny Malkin up until this last couple of weeks, looked pretty darn good in that regard as well. They'll put it together. But that's besides the point. You think that the Penguins have flaws, and it's because you hear how good Boston is, you hear how good Tampa is, you're afraid of Nashville because they were pretty good last year while banged up in the cup final. They've only gotten better, and you think they're perfect and the Penguins don't have a chance. But the reality is no team in a salary cap era is perfect. The Penguins have flaws. Boston's got flaws. Toronto's got flaws. They've all got flaws. But the Penguins, while having those flaws, also have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel. There is no one at this Pirates game tonight. Oh, my God. They've got more talent still, I think, than just about anybody in hockey. Winnipeg's got a great top nine. That list can go on a little bit. Tampa Bay's fabulous. Boston, I think, is going to be a really tough out. But Boston's really young. Tampa's never really been able to kick that door down. Washington, while they're good, they also have not been able to get out of the second round of the playoffs in the history of the franchise since 1990-freaking-eight. So, yeah, the Penguins have their problems. And, yeah, you should worry about them. But teams like Columbus, while they're riding high, winners of 13 out of 15, they've got their issues, too. And they're great. You fall behind in three of the last four games by three goals, That is a harbinger of bad things to come. They might be getting results, but the process isn't good. And while the Penguins' process isn't great right now, I have faith that they can turn it around. I have faith that they can flip that switch. I don't know if Columbus can. Never seen it. Washington's playing really good hockey right now, but again, they've never done it before. Tampa, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Boston, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Whatever we're bitching about with the Penguins, I'm sure they're bitching about those things in those markets, too. Coming up next, with the help of God, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette will join the show. I guess I better get to him. It's the Crown Man Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. We alarm our houses, and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. I'm bleeding! Where? My leg? Uh, suck it up, Snowball. Snowflake? Flake, yeah, ball flake. Sorry, my bad. Am I getting fat? Did it's the-
This whole show's going to bleep. Tom's playing the same bed back-to-back segments. It's not his fault. Power went out. And we're the only station that's backup didn't work. Basically, it's like if Ben Roethlisberger goes down, everything's going to hell. Good luck winning with Landry Jones. Back up down. I'm Ben, but I'm old and tired. Jason Mackey joins us now. He's the running game. He'll save us. What's up, Mackey? Not too much. What's going on, man? Nothing. Just dealing with an old power outage here. You would think that in a radio station, when the power goes out, that the station would still stay on, wouldn't you? Uh, you would think in a radio station there wouldn't be a power outage. That seems like a, you know, what do they call it, a prerequisite. Seems a little important. It's a bad thing, man. It's a bad thing. Speaking of radio, you're doing a great job with Phil Bork. Last night's show was terrific. Thanks, pal. I appreciate that. I, uh, you texted me that earlier in the day. I guess I'm a jerk. I didn't respond. You didn't. Um, maybe because you had the night wrong. I'm not sure. It wasn't last night? No, it was Monday. Holy hell. Whatever night it was that I was driving, it was because I was driving home from Sensi's. Anyhow, people don't care about this, Mackie. Quit dragging me through the mud. The Penguins. Do you think that they've got a good chance of flipping a switch here as the playoffs come around? I do. I do. And I, it's not something, Adam, I think they should bank on. Uh, I think they have to be playing better than they are, especially defensively right now. Uh, they're just not where they need to be. I think these past or these next two games will show a lot um, in terms of how responsible they can be specifically with the puck. That was something that Mike Sullivan talked about today. But, you know, at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit and say that things are just different in the playoffs, man. And I, I, I truly believe that with this team, uh, with Matt Murray, with a lot of things, that it's just going to it's going to be different. You ready for a real hot take, my friend? Oh, of course. What do you got for me? I think it's easier to play goalie in the playoffs than it is during the regular season. When your team is <laughs> laying down to block every shot, not from the mental standpoint, but from an actual hockey playing standpoint, your team's going to lay down, try to block a bunch of shots. Uh, you're going to have more attention to detail away from the puck. I wouldn't imagine you're going to see as many high-danger scoring chances. So what say you to that hot take, although you already laughed at me? <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like I, I do think there is going to be more, to use one of Mike Sullivan's words, diligence in front of Matt Murray come playoff time. However, everything is that much more pronounced. You know, he lets in one goal. That's a gigantic momentum swing. Um, you know, how are you going to sit here and tell me that it's, play, it's easier playing goalie in the playoffs whenever, like... Are you still talking, Jason, or are you done talking? <laughs> Do you not hear that? No, your phone cut out because, of course, it did, <laughs> no, right? Why not? <laughs> no, my phone didn't cut out. I heard it. I heard somebody else talking. I thought it was your producer who jumped into the conversation. Oh, for the love of God! I have no idea what's happening right now, but we're a disaster, okay. dude. We we are a turd floating down the river. I I don't know any other way to put it. And in fact, that's mixed analogy, anyhow. So yes, I do understand what you're saying. I mean, every goal scored in the playoffs is. Absolutely a big momentum changer. I just think that the focus aspect of things will help both the Penguins away from the puck, and I actually think it's going to help Matt Murray a little bit, just to be locked in on everything that's going on hockey-wise. Yeah, and you know what is interesting to me about Matt Murray, Adam, is, is 
his whole like stop the next shot mentality. And it gets kind of boring. And you know, we as reporters ask him something, and it's like always the same answer. You know, I'm just going to stop the next puck. But I do think that's a quality to his game that is really important right now. Um, he hasn't had the greatest regular season. There's been some ups and downs or whatever. But there's just something about Murray that sort of agrees with the playoffs. And I think it's that idea um, of getting over things quickly and having a short memory. So, you know, I, I look at him as a really, really, really important piece of this team and for the reasons that you're talking about, you know, to make up for some maybe some deficiencies on defense uh, but just somebody to really step up and carry this team in the postseason, and he's done that for them a lot. I think that the Penguins' problems with defense right now are, and for the 15th time, away from the puck, forwards not helping on the play, and then not getting back whenever the defensemen pinch. Uh, I think if you go ahead a couple of games, if you're rewind, so backwards in fact, I think that I could say that the Penguins' defense core was jumping in on plays when they shouldn't need to be. Lately, more so, I think that we're seeing forwards just not get back whenever they're supposed to be. And again, I think Mike Sullivan's better than any coach in the National Hockey League at looking at the video and correcting those kind of problems. And uh, while I think you will see some in the playoffs because those things happen, I do think they're going to cut down on that markedly. Yeah, and that's one great misconception about the Penguins right now. You know, everybody looks and says, oh, their defense is suspect or whatever, and, and try to point point to like the six defensemen it's not just them it's exactly what you're talking about adam i mean it's a it's a team effort and the penguins have a system that you know it's the opposite of a one two two like they want their defensemen to jump in there and add in the attack and whatever and it's sort of incumbent on the forwards to be a little bit responsible and get back and you know when that happens and the forwards aren't doing it and they really don't care about getting back then you see odd man rushes happen and we've seen that happen a lot so I mean, this, that's sort of the attention to detail and diligence stuff that I think will change in the playoffs. Um, and this is just sort of, to wrap that point up, just sort of an overarching thing that I think about this team. But the playoffs just cannot get here mm. soon enough. For me, for you, for them, uh, two games. Maybe only one of them will be meaningful tomorrow night in Columbus. Uh, but it, it is playoff time, and believe me, they want to get there. How are they viewing tomorrow's game in Columbus? Is there a bigger sense of urgency for this game because they might play Columbus in the first round and they want to have home ice, obviously? Right, yeah, and I honestly think that that second part is bigger than the first part. Um, these two teams know each other so much. I don't think the Penguins believe that, you know, the last Thursday of the regular season they go into Columbus and have a good game it's going to be some like statement making kind of deal for the playoffs I don't believe that but um, it would give them a huge leg up in terms of home ice and um, whether there's any like tangible reason for it or not this team has just been a heck of a lot better on home ice and if you can get four games there instead of three why wouldn't you Um, and so I think that's the important part just logistically uh, having to play as many games at home as possible and you know, I, I, you want to play well. It, it, I guess a byproduct of that is having a good performance against the rival. But, again, they just need to get their game in order. That's the biggest thing. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. What do you make of the Penguins' road struggles this season? If you look at some of the advanced metrics, maybe it's really not that big of a difference. What do you think the problem's been? Yeah, I think some of the issues have been exacerbated by – uh, some of the duds they've had. You know, you look at the numbers, and Winnipeg was on the road. Chicago was on the road. Tampa was on the road. Um, 
and some other efforts, I go back to one. They had a, a really good game against Washington. I think it was February 2nd at home, and then the next night they go to Jersey, and they lay an egg. And if you look at the way that was sort of structured, like they just poured everything they had into that Washington game. They had nothing left the next night. And so, you know, that's one where I see it. Um, I see a few more, you know, Detroit. That's probably a tough game to get up for. And I'm not making excuses. They're professionals. They should be criticized when they don't play well and, you know, whatever. But they're also human, and I think that's an element of it. I think there's been, you know, a lot of their clunkers, and you're going to have you're going to have that during the course of the season. They've just happened to come on the road. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. I just think that that's sort of what they've all been sort of clustered, and then the, the solid performances have been at home. So it's not like this team forgets how to play hockey on the road. I think it's just a little bit of a, a numbers thing. But in saying that, I also think a little bit of it is in their head and that they're thinking about playing well on the road versus playing well at home. And that's why I say it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to nail down home ice here. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jason, Broussard has now been out for a couple of games. What's the ETA, as you understand it, about when he's going to be back? Well, he's day-to-day, Adam, don't you know? He's he's day-to-day, but he's going to end up missing like two weeks. (laughs) You think he'll be back for game one of the playoffs? You know what? I would like to believe as much, given that he his status, what what they told fans and, and by effect media was day to day. But I don't know. Um, we have not seen him skate. I don't think he'll play before the end of the regular season. Uh, everything we've been told is that this is not a serious injury with Derek Broussard. And as long as he started skating again, I was willing to. You know, I, I, I wouldn't see that the Penguins had any reason to lie to me or, or to anybody else, but um, it is getting a little fishy. I'm not sure why he's not skating, at least on his own. I'm not sure why he's not practicing, um, and I'm not sure why we're continuing to say that he is day-to-day when he's not day-to-day at all. So, again, I, I, I guess I don't have any reason to suspect that he won't be ready for the start of the playoffs. In talking to people, I've had nobody tell me that would be the case. But, again, I just think it's kind of weird that he's not skating at this point. Jason, I thought he was playing really good hockey before he got hurt, too. He'd figured things out here, not just the six-game point streak, but even prior to that. I thought he was finding his way. He looked like he was meshing, and I hope that he can get that back for the playoffs. I hope it can just be plug-and-play, but it's probably going to be a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, I'm not worried about Broussard from a hockey sense. If he's healthy, he'll be fine. I agree with you. He was starting to get it, uh, playing with good people, and uh, starting to, I, I think I used the term before, like get the Ottawa beaten out of him, and it, it was mostly out. You know, he was he was peeling off of plays and, and playing some offense or whatever. But, um, you know, the other effect here, Adam, too, is if he's back in your lineup, that strengthens your third line. You can take Riley Shane, put him down in your fourth. Hopefully... Um, I'll be interested to see if the Penguins do this, but you know maybe you move a Brian Russ down into that role and try to improve the offensive capabilities of the fourth line. But what I'm getting at here is that you have a deeper team and you hopefully have a four-line team. And without Derek Broussard right now, the yeah. Penguins are a three-line team. Yes. I mean, there's just nothing that Joris, Kuhnhackle, and Aston Reese are going to add from an offensive standpoint. So you need to get Broussard back just for the depth. Biggest issue with the penalty kill lately, goaltending, or do you think it's more than that? I think they're allowing too many power play goals. Hmm. That'll Nothing. do it. Nothing? I mean, I didn't know if your phone cut out there, Maggie. 
maybe our, our mysterious third party in my ear can chip in with what he thinks. Is he that thinks is that continuing that. to happen? It is not continuing okay. to happen, no. Now they're going to yeah, flip out on Tom for the second day in a row. No, it uh, sounds like somebody was, like, doing work in there or, or somewhere that somebody was doing, you know, it sounded like, you know, people, like, troubleshooting something. But in any case. <laughs> I guarantee you, Tom, the microphone accidentally got bumped into offline or something. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense to me. But it was, that's what happened. It was funny. But it's not Tom's as fault. As the penalty kill. Uh, well, they're giving up too many power play goals, Mackie. Yes. Um, with outside of me being a smartass, um, what I think is actually happening is I, they lack the net front presence of an Ian Cole. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and make it all out to be about the loss of Ian Cole, but there is some realistic implications there. Uh, when they get clears, when they get opportunities for clears, you're not seeing them get them as consistently as they should. Um, it's a lot about pressure points. When we see the Penguins' penalty kill struggle, um, like, you know, one guy's going left, one guy's going right. It's not as cohesive as you would like to see. Um, and then the goaltending has been so-so. You know, I, I talked earlier about Matt Murray, and I think, you know, he's had some really good games Saturday in Washington. Saturday, um, was it Washington Saturday? Montreal. Saturday, Montreal. That one stands out. And then the next night against Washington was not so great. So, uh, you know, the consistency of the goaltending has been a factor, too. Mackie, we're going to let you go, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, sorry that we grabbed you and sat you down on this Ferris wheel of disaster. Happy to join you, pal, anytime. Be good, man. Jason Mackey, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He was going for humor there. <laughs> I love Jason. He's a great guy. and He's really good at his job. I'm just a little, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. That's yeah. what it is. I would have laughed. I would have left. Yeah. But I thought he cut off. Well, we're gun shy right now. We are. We don't know if we're on, if we're off, or anything. And the biggest problem will be upcoming in the next segment because we've got all kinds oh, of audio so to blast through. Audio. So much audio. Uh, coming worth, up next. It's worth sticking around just to see how bad this could go. It's the hottest take of the day. It's other crap. It's a new feature. Oh, no. It's the fastest growing show in Pittsburgh, the Crowley Show. <laughs> What's better than getting $100 to switch to Jackson Hewitt? Getting $200 to switch. Say goodbye to your old tax service, and you'll get $100 when you file this year. Then, you'll get another $100 when you file next year. That's right, $200 just for switching. Only at Jackson Hewitt. Each year, a minimum of $150 tax prep fee applies. Valid when you file with us. $100 provided on the card, not valid with any other promotion or discount. Participating locations only. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. We were doing a good show. I know. It sucks. My friend gets here. The show goes to bleep. Tom's in the other room crying. Is it, is it your friend's fault? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Dan's fault. Dan. Damn you, Dan. What the? This segment has the potential to be a train wreck. We can all agree right now that all three of us are nervous as hell going into this, right? I'm not nervous because we got 17 more minutes, and then I'll go have some beers. But I think Tom is nervous because he's bad at his job to begin with. And now we're stacking audio on top of audio on top of audio, and we might not have the capability to fire any of it. Power could go out in the middle of the segment. Our backup's not working. 
All right, I'm nervous. We can do this, fellas. Let's get it done. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No! It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Robert Griffin III has been signed by the Baltimore Ravens, and we can cut the bullcrap now. He's not as good as Colin Kaepernick. It isn't about whether or not these players are talented. It's about the politics. There's a big contingent of Kaepernick haters who will admit that he's not in the league because he's kneeling. But there's another big contingent that seems to think that Colin Kaepernick's just not a good enough quarterback. Yo. Yo. If that Fitzpatrick guy in the McCowns, I don't even know which McCown, but both McCowns, if they can keep getting jobs, if RG3 can get a job, if Joe Flacco can be a starting quarterback in the National Football League, then Colin Kaepernick's got a place. And it is about politics. I don't think that there's collusion where the entire league's saying, let's keep this guy out. But I do think it's epic cowardice on the part of the NFL owners. They're afraid. They're scared. They don't want to alienate half their damn fan base. And the reality is they're not going to alienate half their fan base for more than a week or two. Michael Vick murdered dogs. I'm a dog owner. I hate that son of a bitch. I do. And there was a little protest outside PNC Park, and then people didn't care anymore because he threw a game-winning touchdown against San Diego. People forget, which is why the owners are cowards. Bonus hottest take. Take of the day, 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 day. Johnny Manziel opened up about addiction. Now he's being fully transparent about his life in and out of football. DeMar DeRozan has recently come out and talked about his anxiety and depression issues. Honestly, honesty can get you far in this world. It's also incredibly difficult to be honest publicly. To talk about problems and be vulnerable. So kudos to Manzel who talked today on the Dan Patrick Show. And as much as we talk about mental health and addiction in this society, you still have a lot of people clapping back at Manzel. If he stays quiet, he's labeled a douche. If he talks about his problems, they're labeled excuses. So from here on out, I'm not going to rip an athlete for being honest and transparent. Not going to happen again. Take of the day, 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 day. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. Johnny Manziel said on the DP show today, "Quote: If Cleveland did any of their homework, they would have known I wasn't a guy who came in every day and watched film. I wasn't a guy who really knew X's and O's of football." Hey, Manziel, shut the hell up. Nobody wants to hear your excuses. You're full of complete crap. It's the Manziel Apology Tour, and everyone's buying in hook, line, and sinker. Not me. Jackass. Woo! Other crap. Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are taking visits to the Browns today and tomorrow. If I were Rosen... I'd tell the Browns Darnold was a better fit. If I were Darnold, I'd tell them Rosen was a better fit. But here's the deal. 
We all know they'll wind up drafting Josh Allen anyhow. Woo! Other crap. Guess who's the league leader in save percentage with a mark of 931? It's your knight in shining arm, Fleur. Oh, no. Mark Andre Fleury. What happened? That was horrible. It's a great joke. That might be the worst one ever on this show. That was bad. You think that was worse than yes, yes, might be the worst one ever. Okay, might be. You're right, Tom. You're gonna say might be. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, way too much credit. That was absolutely just crap. That was other crap because that was a horrible joke. Knight in shining arm, Fleur. Woo! Other crap. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson played a practice round together at Augusta yesterday. Lefty was wearing a button-down shirt. Tiger Woods made a comment about how the shirt was ugly. That must have been awkward for the two of them. Because Tiger Woods probably banged his wife. Woo! Other crap. <laughs> Columbus has won 13 out of 15 games, but have been down three goals in three of the last four games. They're getting results. They're not playing great hockey. No joke there. Just Columbus sucks. Woo! Other crap. Trust the process. Don't rush the process. Woo! Other crap. Kids are snorting condoms. What? What? Condoms. Condoms? Woo! Other crap. Pitt basketball hasn't won a conference game in 401 days. Now it's time for what we've all been waiting for. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show. Producer Tom. And what final score from our slate today? The Braves with a courageous effort against the Nationals. A 7-1 to victory. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Will Graves. Do you want to talk about social justice warrioring, or do you want to talk about hockey? Uh, I want to talk about what the hell you guys are doing on that cheese tease, because I, I really don't want to Google condoms, noses on my uh, work computer, so... First star! And your first star of the show, Grandma D. Correct. Yes, you are right. 6.05, that is what time the game starts. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to get back. Connie took me to get the hair done today because I'm going to uh, go to Jackie's there over the weekend. We're going down to see Caitlin's show. And so, anyhow, she wanted to, I wanted to get back home and, and uh, so I could watch my stories and then rest my eyes a little bit before the game comes on. Bonus 
And tonight's bonus star goes to our crack engineering staff for helping us stay on the air. I think that's a perfect way to end the show every day. Yeah, I think it's great. I like it. Here's the problem. We shot our wad too early. We're, we're way too early. We are way short. <laughs> How much time? Oh, no. We still got like four minutes left <laughs> of the show. We thought there was so much stuff in there that like we'd be right up against it. Now yeah, here we, we are. are. This is just the way it should go today. The damn power went out. The freaking stuff won't play off the button bar. All hell has broken loose on the show. But we're damn professionals, and we kept it straight. We at least got you content. We kept it going. Now we still got a lot of time to fill. So what the hell are we going to do now? Well, luckily, my grandmother called my mom after we talked to her. Yeah. And my grandmother was under the impression that my parents were driving to New Jersey this weekend to see my sister in a play and that she was going with them. Oh. It's actually next weekend. Oh, because you said you were going to see her next weekend. Yeah. So your grandmom's just, she knew what time the pirate game was, though. She knew it was a 6.05 start and not a 7.05 start. I've got a really bad image in my mind had we not had her on the show today. That Friday, as the snow is blowing sideways, her hairnet flies off, she's standing out in front of her house waiting for my mom and dad to pick her up, <laughs> and they were never going to come, and God only knows what happened. She got blown away like the Wicked Witch. So does she have to get her hair done again? Oh, man. She's going to have to, she, yeah. Because she got it done today, so yeah. she's got to get it done next week. Here's the thing about my grandma, though. She's got one of those big beehive haircuts, right? Because she's 90 years old. Mm-hmm. That hair hasn't moved in 50 years. It matters, though. It does. I mean, like, there's little parts of that quaff that kind of, you know, she knows what's up with it. She, she does. She knows every little detail because she's, she's been with it for so long. She knows when it's a little off. We may not notice, but she knows. She probably came out of the womb with the beehive. I, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every older lady in my family, same thing. Beehiving it? Rocking the hive, yep. I don't even understand the physics of that. But we'll get into that with her, I suppose, at a later time. It's, I imagine it's something like uh, Richie uh, Walsh uses to keep his hair in the weird place that it stays. Tomorrow on the show, Tim Benz. He'll be hopping on at 6. We got Jerry Dulac with a master's report. Still think it's going to be awkward since Tiger be boning everyone's wife. 1040, that thing. Tease off, right? That's right. Bucko's on the way to being... 5-0. Oh. Best team in ball, baby!